Hey, hey, I'm Jimmy Bullard, and this is me old muck of Venus. We're back together, son. How are you? Hey, Bully, great to be back working with you. What are we doing here, though? We're starting a football club in podcast form. The only thing we know, it's called FC Bullard. After that, it's all up for grabs. So, we haven't got any players, we haven't got a kit, we haven't got a club badge, we haven't got a stadium. Correct. FC Bullard. Welcome to the club. This is a crowd podcast. This episode is sponsored by Kerry the Steed Noble. To be more like Kerry, go to patreon.com forward slash Joe Show and become an official sponsor today. You're listening to The Marler Show. It isn't on the radio. It's a podcast, fool. You listen anywhere you go. The Joe Marler Show. Hello and welcome to our show. I'm Joe Marler and this is Tom Ford. I always feel like a prat when I go, I'm Joe Marler and this is Tom Fordyce because... That's like a line that you say when you get, and like you then put your hands out as if to go, this is Tom Fordyce. And then, but people can't see that through their ears. Maybe all you need to do is just introduce me because people already know it's your show. (laughs) By the way, are you eating, what are you eating? I am eating, what do they call it? A stem? No, a peg. (laughs) What? What, What's like a section of cauliflower? Florette. I'm eating a florette of cauliflower and what's the other green one? Broccoli. With a load of uh, mashed up chicken. Oh fuck! Where's the macaroni? <laughs> oh, it's a carb-free. No, what? Mac and cheese. That's fucking shit. It's not a mac and cheese. It's just cheese. Yeah, but there's no cheese either. <laughs> oh god. Um, Daisy's made you the uh, mac and cheese, which has neither mac nor cheese in it. Is this because she's feeling a little bit guilty after a massive night out? Well, I'd like to credit her with making it, but she stabbed a few holes in the packet that came in and shoved it in the microwave <laughs> and then waited for the three minutes to be up, stirred it around for me, put it in a bowl and then put it in for another two minutes and then walked into the porch uh, of where I'm sat in the dark <laughs> and handed it to me. She's struggling, mate. She's still struggling. Saturday night was her first night out in 18 months, like proper night out on the beers. And she got back in at about half twelve. She was non-verbal for the first three and a half minutes. All she was doing was pointing at me. You know, shooting McGavin from Happy Gilmore, just giving the old yes. guns like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then just went, I'm getting a corona. <laughs> you go, girl. And then she proceeded... To repeat the same story over and over, I think I think I got to I got to four and a half times <laughs> that she repeated the same cycle of the stories before I said, "Look, we got to go to bed." So that was it. Bless her up. <laughs> Enough of the sort of quite sombre, soft, sensual talking that we've been doing because mm. I've got to get off my chest, mate. We've fuck. Oh my god. <laughs> We've got him fucking sold out <laughs> our live show. This is mental. We were meant to sit here and plug. Right, please, there's a few there's loads of tickets left um in this massive empty hall at the Clapham Grand and we've managed to sell about twenty two, all of which have been bought by ourselves for our own family members. Instead, we're here going, Fuck me dead. All these silly fuckers have actually paid money to come and see our live show, Tom. I I don't, I'm quite, uh, I don't know what to say, actually. You're going to have to be more, you're going to have to help me here with words. So I uh, spoke to Steve on the day these tickets went on sale, Joe. And Steve is usually a very calm individual. On the day the tickets went on sale, he was not a calm individual. He had the air of someone who had bought 700 pairs of dodgy trainers and was going to try and sell them in a market stall, having never worked in a market before. Fast forward no more than six hours. He had the glazed eyes of a man who had sold all 700 pairs of dodgy trainers in an extraordinarily short period of time. Particularly, Joe, bearing in mind that none of us have got any money at the moment. Everything's gone bananas. Um, you try and fill up your car and you have to get a bank loan. So it is truly extraordinary. And I think we should offer a formal thanks to everybody who has bought tickets. I'm, I'm genuinely... 
I'm genuinely humbled by it and now very, very panicked because we thought, yeah, let's let's do a live show. But what in the fuck are we going to do for the live show? We haven't really thought this through because how are we going to actually do it live? I think the, the key to this, Joe, will be getting as much outside help as possible to try and alleviate how shit you and I may be. So I'm thinking if people listening to this who are coming to the show have either a skill or a talent or a skillful talent or a talented at skills, let us know at Joe Marler Show on social media. Joe, Steve has written down some ideas here. Oh, God. Example number one. Are you incredible with a yo-yo? There has to be a little bit more danger with the yo-yo if you're going to be incredible with it. Like, I want to see fire coming out your ass or something <laughs> whilst you're doing a uh, Helter Scouter. Okay, uh, number two. Can you fit 100 Pringles in your mouth at the same time? Yeah, I want to see that. Let's hope that someone actually can live up to that one. Number three is a little bit vague. I feel that Steve is running out of steam. He simply has put down, can you memorise things? He's running out of steam. It's the third fucking option. Jesus Christ. That's the, he must be like a tiny little shit steam train. That's Is he having a laugh? Can you memorise things? He pulls it back slightly on number four, which is, are you an Adele lookalike? Good. Really, really good. Can we get like the actual Adele? Adele Adele. I should think that would be really easy for Steve. Steve, you get Adele. Um, Joe and I will do the rest. If you are one of the people who missed out on tickets, obviously we are very sorry. We had no idea this was going to happen. Joe, shall we agree on this now? The plan is to do this live show in September and then we'll do the world tour. I say world tour. We'll start in England. Um, do you think we could fill the Albert Hall? Whoa. Whoa there, Jed. You get up on that horse and you steady it and you go, whoa, horsey. Whoa, do not get ahead of yourself, right? I want to fill out Mayfield Village Hall next, not the Royal Albert Hall, okay? Let's just keep it small, niche, really quite intimate. I have just Googled the hiring the Albert Hall and there is a page on the Albert Hall website which is called um, Hiring the Albert Hall. You can hire the Albert Hall? Hire it? What, for like a kid's birthday party? Our world-famous auditorium has hosted iconic events since opening in 1871. Yes, it has. Is available for hire by commercial promoters. Is that us? Event organisers. That is us. Uh, <laughs> Availability is limited. All event inquiries. Uh, ticket prices. Uh, oh, it's quite big. Yes, you're fucking stupid. <laughs> Just grow up now. What's more important, mate, we have to really... I know it's still four... What is it? Four or five months away? How, how many months? Five. I'm shitting it because we've got so much to plan of what we're actually going to do. Are you the sort of person, Joe, who in this sort of scenario when you have five months to do something, that you get it all done in the first half month and then kick back for the remaining four and a half months? Or do you traditionally leave it for four and a half months, um, shit a brick with two weeks to go and just cobble something together? Either way, we'll just have a fucking great night with a load of people, most of which are our listeners. And we can just have fun and probably get shit-faced, no? Yeah, very much, Joe. I am looking forward to it hugely. I am also going to mention, as always, that if you're listening to this and you would like to, you can grow the show on Apple now. For just £1 a week, you can get a version of this show without adverts. And these versions you'll be getting are also extra long, sometimes 20 minutes longer, but still loaded full of good stuff. You can do the same on Spotify. Check the link in the episode description. Hang on a minute. What's going on behind you? Is that Murph? Yeah, Murph has come in to get the knit shampoo, Joan, which is nice. Have you ever had knits? Are crabs and knits the same? <laughs> Murph, are you coming to the live show? I don't know about the live show. I'd like to come to the live show, definitely. Are you inviting me? Definitely come <laughs> I've been told to go. Enjoy your show. Bye-bye. <laughs> I don't know if you've seen, Joe, but there have been a number of new reviews for the show, although mainly about the brand new Joe and Dan rugby show, rather than the main show. Yes, I have seen lots of these positive reviews, Tom. Was there a slight uh, shade of green as you were speaking about the Joe and Dan rugby show? Or are you genuinely happy for us? We, d we didn't mean to cut you out. It's just... You're such a popular part of this show, if if not the most popular <laughs> part of this show, that I wanted to give a chance to Dan for him to shine. I want the world to really see Dan in his natural form of a giant cola bear 
that is very knowledgeable and quite witty sometimes. I am entirely in favour of it, Joe, um, because if someone else has to share the burden with me of dealing with your podcast, that can only be a good thing. Also, I like the fact that Dan is one of the funniest people who never tries to make people laugh. <laughs> He's he's fucking brilliant. But you're right, they have left a lot of uh, reviews of the Joe and Dan Rugby Show. So um, this is a plea out there, a desperate, desperate plea that I didn't think I'd ever do. But you need to balance it out a little bit. And if you've got a bit of time, why don't you just try and leave a five-star review and mention your favourite non-non-rugby episode. That is non-rugby, not none. Oh, we should do an episode about nuns. Do you not remember that we tried to do one about nuns, Joe, and we could not get a nun to come on the show? I thought I knew some nuns. It turns out that they died a number of years ago. And Steve was ghosted by a number of living nuns. Um, but we can certainly go back to that one if you'd like. Let's start again. Let's let's start the campaign to get hold of some nuns. Well, not, not plural, just one will do. But if there has to be a whole priory that comes with them what do you call a collection of nuns like a, a a gaggle a nunnery a nunnery if i saw 10 nuns stood in the co-op i would go oh look at that nunnery would i to be fair to you i think the nunnery is the building so i mean it would be quite the day outing for these nuns to all find themselves in co-op wouldn't it <laughs> i always see a nun in co-op i mean if they're spending that much time in the co-op why can't they come on our show and Mob handed in co-op. Ten of them. <laughs> right, Joe, enough of this useless nun chat. Let's get a guest on. It is a developer of games. Our guest today makes video games. His name is Peter, and he's a listener to the show. Hello, Peter. Hello. Oh, oh, nice well touch. Well played. Was I meant to come in that early? Did you want me to be a bit more mysterious first? No, usually usually Tom is the one who's mysterious slash awkward and like leaves it a long time for him to say hello, but you oh. you, you covered that, so you've done well. Uh, you, you say you're a listener, Peter. I don't want to test you on this, but have you got a favourite episode? Oh, do you know, so like prior to getting asked to take part, right, I'd listened to the ones where it was people whose jobs I'd quite like to have, right? That was my system was, oh, I fancy being a tree surgeon. That guy's too butch, I couldn't do that. I fancy being a vicar. That guy's too butch, I couldn't do that. I fancy being a hairdresser. Uh, she wasn't butch, but she, you know, she sounded like she had horrible hair splinter experiences. And so I was all like, you know, okay, this is the vibe. It's just come on and try and make it sound like my career sounds like something someone would want to do. And then this morning I listened to the mental health one and was like, oh my God, this is a much more weighty and significant podcast than I had been treating it as up till now. I suddenly had a horrible feeling like, oh shit, I was coming into this quite lighthearted, which is actually quite an important and incredible sort of phenomenon. But tough shit, I'm going to be lighthearted. He's, he's nailed it. Have you actually given a favourite episode though? I, I'm going to say that the weighty, important one was my favourite because that makes me sound intelligent. But actually it was the one where you did a handstand and shat in a dog's mouth. <laughs> 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 I've forgotten about that. I had forgotten about that, but that is one of my favourite experiences, actually. <laughs> I felt like it was a beautiful way to explore what it means to work in the water industry. Very good. Talk to me. Video games. I'm going straight in there. How the fuck do you just go about even starting to make a video game? You get a load of stinking nerds, lock them in a room and give them a ton of money and they'll do it for you. Is that a good enough answer, or do you want better? Nailed it, and it's been great having you on the show. <laughs> Thank um, you very much. Everybody should become a games designer. Buy my games. I've got a plug if you want it. Wonderful. Let's say we were going to do a computer game based on this podcast, and we had to brainstorm it. What are we coming up with? Well, so what we're doing is we're talking about who's the audience for this podcast game. So like, we're probably looking and saying, well, it's a load of podcast people, and they're probably going to want to play it on their phones because they probably listen to it on their phones. So we do something that's like nice, quick, easy, get involved. And then we talk about, well, because it's a podcast that's about people talking and the basic sort of selling point of this podcast is somebody says something about what their job is and Joe Marler says something appalling about his you know, body in some way. So, you know, I shot myself. Or you know, I, I waxed myself to the point where it, you know, went bright pink or whatever. You know me so well. And so you'd probably do it 
so that the game was something about uh, the screen flashes up and says, oh, the tree surgeon says that he does X, Y, and Z. And you have at the bottom a choice of almost like um, Tinder. Which thing do you want to say? Do you want to say the appalling thing or the good thing? Not actually Tinder. You're not going to seduce the tree surgeon. But like, <laughs> you know, oh, you could. I mean, that would be an option, right? If someone wanted to play it out, right? It's their, it's their version of what the Joe Marler show would be like in real life. And then every now and then Tom will say something close to the, close to the microphone and use a long word. And everyone will <laughs> pretend... Everyone will pretend that it's fine. This sounds like a great game. Conglomerate. <laughs> oh my god, we've getting we're getting we've asked for a video game to be made with loads of money and loads of nerds. And it just feels like a massive character assassination's going on. That's a great name for the game. Joe Marler's character assassination. <laughs> Assassin uh, what was that popular Assassin's Creed. So we'll have to go with assassins is there something with the word sassy a sassy a sassy assassin's greedy cousin it's perfect also known as joe and his tiny tiny old sidekick (laughs) i tell you what this is going to work really well in the app store because like if you search for that it's going to be the only thing that comes up that is true you know you got to think about that when you're doing your video game design you got to think about discoverability how the people going to find you how they're going to find you so they know it's right it's the right game so joe marler's assassin's creed with tom the mysterious old man the guru i'm I'm hearing guru when you say mysterious yeah you're like gandhi gandhi yeah he was a guru wasn't he yeah i think you say gandalf so gandalf no gandhi might be slightly younger gandhi which of them do you feel like you're more like very good question peter i would say you're you're more gandhi thank you you're vegetarian aren't you Mm, that's the reason yep (laughs) that's fine (laughs) peter in our game because i'm aware that on most video games that you have an avatar playing for you, and you can often choose the look of your avatar. So on the Joe Marler Show video game, what sort of avatar options have we got for Joe? Are we doing like Rugby Joe, Podcast Joe, Joe in different clothes? Yeah, basically we're talking about different outfits that people have seen Joe in on television. Like for free, we'd give you probably Rugby Joe. I mean, obviously there's various different versions of Rugby Joe, isn't there? Because there's England Rugby Joe and Harlequin's Rugby Joe and... Midweek Lions tourist. Midweek veg. Maybe uh, just a giant carrot (laughs) version of me running around as a carrot. Yeah, yeah, but the giant carrot we'd charge them for because people would pay for that. Like, yeah, get Rugby Joe for default and then you put in a microtransaction and then you're like, you can have him dressed as a giant carrot. Oh, go on, pay us five quid. Mm, Five quid's a bit like like 79p for giant carrot, Joe. Why why are all the people that are buying it like from the East End and got really (laughs) been smoking 40 a day? Oh, I'd love to have giant carrot Joe Marler. <laughs> there you go. We go. Is that better? Would you want to edit that one back in? We've got a wider demographic. We've now gone East End of London and up north. Fucking hell. I mean, I've only got a very limited range of voices I can do, Joe. Come on. Like Where do you it. want these people to come from? Somewhere easy to impersonate, please. So how long is it going to take to make this game? How long does it take to make video games? I'll give you the boring answer and you can edit it out later if you find it too tedious. <laughs> right. So the boring answer is... If you want to make Call of Duty, you've got to spend... I wrote this down, actually. Call of Duty was uh, $250 million, and it's going to take you several years. And then if you want to make a little mobile game, you probably want to get it out into the market as fast as you possibly can. So you've got to spend only maybe a million, maybe two million, just to get something basic and working. Then with mobile games, especially free mobile games, you get them into people's hands as fast as possible see how they respond to it and then you make it iteratively better and better and better so you keep on developing it so with the joe marler game i think we're looking at quite a rapid development process get it out into the market real quick they do this thing called soft launch i'm doing air quotes for the radio people it's not it literally isn't a radio show they, they fucking say it in the bloody opening <laughs> song it's literally not a radio show um but i'm doing the air quotes anyway for the people at home um so soft launch is where you take your game and you release it to just one portion of the world. And that portion of the world needs to be carefully selected in that they are roughly equivalent to where your actual audience live. But there's not enough of them. So if it goes horribly badly wrong, it doesn't matter too much because you weren't going to get that much money from them anyway. So I guess we need to find somewhere in the world where Joe Marler is moderately well known. Um, Wales. <laughs> Wales. Okay. Yeah. You reckon that the Joe Marler game is going to go down well in wales yeah uh yes i think people would buy it because there'll be a, a section on it where 
Tom, the old psychic. Old psychic? Yeah, he can see people's minds and futures. This game just got so much better. He he will have the ability to flick me in the nuts. And also, if you can make it so that the tree surgeon is super butch looking, we could make it so that eventually you can just get into a fight with the tree surgeon. And people in Wales might go for that. It might be like, how many different careers of people can I get Joe Marler assaulted by in the Joe Marler podcast game? Yeah, so we'll go with Wales. Let's go with Wales. So we're going to soft launch it in Wales and we're going to see how the Welsh go with it and then uh, we will roll it out to the rest of the world when we've made it so that our attention and our monetization and our user acquisition statistics are all perfectly... I'm rubbing my thighs for the listener at home because these are statistics. KPIs. (laughs) KPI, key key performance indicators. And those are when you're in the free-to-play business, you've got to keep an eye on them. (laughs) (laughs) Can I just show you a thing, guys? Yeah. Yeah. Is it your thighs? Oh. I brought one of those along. Well played. <laughs> I brought one of those. I thought you were going to have yours, but apparently not. Fuck, I've forgotten mine. I wonder where yours was today. Oh, fuck it. It's in the car. I didn't know how much of a prima donna you were about your harmonica. Yeah. And I thought maybe there was a risk that you'd be like, no, mate, that's my fucking instrument. Get the hell out of my harmonica space. You stole my I'm harmonica. harmonica guy. So I brought this along, which does this. Can you hear that? It's a bit quiet. Yeah, yeah. What is it? It's a tiny synthesizer. What the <laughs> fuck is that? Go on, do it again. It's a tiny, tiny synthesizer. What does a synthesizer do? Yeah, what's it do? It's an electric instrument, right? So it's any kind of electronic instrument you think. I run a community synthesizer orchestra, so I have a lot of these locking about in my house, and this is my smallest one, and I thought... Maybe that could be the sound effect for Joe Marler's had a great idea. <laughs> that is fucking mental. He's got a harmonica and a synthesizer. I love it. I can't play the harmonica, but I do own one. I had to smuggle it out of my house, right? So my harmonica at home, this is not related to being a games developer. I just, you know, you're going to have to ditch this bit. But I'm, I'm kind of hyperactive on the fact that I'm talking to people who I've heard on the radio. Not the radio. Oh, no. But um, I have to hide this in my home from my husband because if i have it like on the open in the open on my desk at home i will pick it up and just sort of breathe through it all day just breathe (laughs) through my harmonica whilst i'm working and then i might talk to him through the harmonica i might try and make him understand what i'm saying through the harmonica because it's a little bit like a robot voice except you cannot tell what they're saying and he finds them so annoying that he throws them out but then people keep buying them for me because they know I will like a harmonica. So this one was my I would like harmonica. it if you did the rest of the show <laughs> in your harmonica voice, mainly because I think Steve will react the same way as your husband. Yeah, yeah, he'll come and get this microphone back off me. He sent me this lovely microphone all the way to Leamington Spa, 10th happiest place to live in the country. And there's me playing around with a harmonica through it. This is the this is the Joe Marler podcast. Oh, my God. That was very robotic. Yeah. Do that with the synthesizer as well. Yeah. So you do the chat and then the synthesize. Okay. You've you got to cue the ads as well. So you've got to say, right, this is the ads. Can I say, here's some fucking ads, you bastards. Yes, yeah. you say whatever you want. Here comes <laughs> you can't tell when it's high up no, you what can't. I'm saying I'm saying buy the fucking products because essentially <laughs> that's what you want people to do right so your advertisers keep paying you to put their adverts in your show right <laughs> just buy the fucking products and we can keep the fucking show going Jesus Christ listeners on Joe Marler's show What the fuck is this episode about? (laughs) This is fucking carnage. Do you want me to tell you how I learned about Joe Marler? Yes, go on. Or would you rather I told you something tedious about games development? I could do you a games development fact, because I've written down this page of games development facts. So I I thought if I got a good fact right, I bet Joe could do a little like, he could just say wow to that, and then I could play the synthesizer. (laughs) (laughs) Do you one of them, like a nice quick one of them, 
Do you want to know a fact about Goldeneye or Tomb Raider? Uh, tell me about Goldeneye. On, on the N64, I presume? On the N64. Did you know it was made in this country? No, I didn't. It was made in this country up by near Twycross Zoo. You've been to Twycross Zoo, right? It's a monkey specialist zoo. They've got tons of monkeys in there. You want to see a monkey's penis, get up Twycross Zoo. You could visit the uh, studios where they make Goldeneye afterwards. You know, make a day of it. Take the kids. Is this um, the fact or is the fact... This is the precursor to the fact... <laughs> Uh, no, but it took two million to produce the game, and it made over two hundred and fifty million. Fucking hell! It had sold eight million copies by mid twenty twenty. Oh my god! Oh, also, so did you used to play the old Goldeneye? Did you used to play it? Yes. Yeah, I used to love it. I used to yeah, shoot yeah. Alan Cumming in the dick. Yeah, fuck up Alan Cumming. <laughs> exactly right. That's what you. That's the whole thing. So obviously, you've got loads of different characters that you can play as. All of them have got James Bond's hands. Doesn't matter oh, what race really? your character is, Whoa. they've got Pierce Brosnan's hands. What? So when Why? I was, when I used to play Goldeneye, and we used to pile back to Big Al's house after night out. Oh, how is Big Al? Is he all right? He's as big as he ever was. <laughs> Age will do that to you. <laughs> so we used to play Goldeneye, and the screen would split into those four quarters. And I would look at the other quarters, and there'd be, for example, a machine gun, yeah, someone with grenades, someone yeah, with yeah. some other massive weapon. Don't go near them. And then. They'd just be me, my avatar, which is a little pair of Pierce Brosnan hands doing like karate chops, and then the red blood would fall, and then I'd have nothing to do for about an hour while they rest and finish the game. <laughs> you know, that's the kind of wonderful experience that we as games developers are always trying to create. <laughs> just the experience of being the old guy at the party who's just sat watching the young people playing the video game. Now, we were all the same age at this point. I was Also, I was quite young because this was 98. Oh, wow. Oh, nice. Yeah, I suppose you would have been quite young in 98. What other what other facts have you got then about Goldeneye? No, about anything. <laughs> about anything? I don't care. Jesus, I don't care. give us any old fact. Uh, did you know that um, global games sales in 2020 180 billion dollars just from selling games? That's not even from money made inside the game by people selling a carrot costume. 180 billion. Is that legit? That- well, that's what it says on the internet. A hundred and eighty billion. Yeah, it's a big industry. Oh my god! So, what are the big hitters now? The glorious age of Golden Eyes is over. What are the big hitters now? The problem with video games is there's too much variety within video games to say this is the single best way of doing a video game. So, have you heard of Roblox? Yes. Yeah, your kiddies have probably played yes, Roblox, right? Yes, Jasper, he's always asking about Roblox, and then I think he made me get it on my phone or on the iPad once. Dad, can I have some Robux? What the fuck is it? Well, Roblox is absolutely extraordinary phenomenon. You know how uh, Mark Zuckerberg recently said, oh, we're going to create the metaverse and everyone's going to live inside VR and everything's going to be all one big thing. And you know the film Ready Player One and how attractive it seems to live in that. Well, we're going to do that, except it's all going to be Facebook. And... Remember how he did that? Well, he's kind of behind the curve re-metaverses because Roblox is functionally one of these. So you have a avatar that is your avatar that you take between all of these different games and there's essentially an infinite number of games on there and people can go into roblox and create a game and make enough money from the game inside roblox that they can make their living off of that what so it's a really really extraordinary phenomenon right it's it's completely nuts especially because it is so ugly it is outrageously hideously awful and ugly to look at but once you're in there as a kid, right? So it's targeting kids. So you go in there and you're playing your game and your mates are all playing their games and you just bounce around between the different games that everyone's playing and then all the different games are monetized. This game does actually, now it's come back because I had to play it and now it's all come back to me. Yeah. Because Daisy, my wife, she was like, you need to play it to make sure that it's safe because I don't know what the fuck it is. Oh, it's definitely not. I'll just throw this out here. It's Mate, definitely not. It's Why? not. It's not safe. No, because so many people like he can talk to anyone that's in that game. If you like Squid Game, you'll love Roblox because there are about a thousand Squid Game games on Roblox, and kids are just like, "Oh, what Squid Game? Oh, it's about playing games and getting blown up by a robot. Oh, I love it, Dad. Can I have some Roblox so I can play Roblox?" It's a wild west, and if you have got children who have not yet played Roblox, make them play Minecraft instead. Just tell them Roblox isn't for you, because Minecraft is soothing and educational, and also hideous. So, you know, if, if, the, if what they're after is a hideous video game experience, Minecraft, I would recommend over Roblox. Anyway, Roblox made two billion quid last year. 
Fucking hell. Two billion. Mate, you should see the... Gra- you, you're you looking at it because you haven't seen it. But I've not the, seen it. The graphics on it are fucking awful. Oh, they? You know, like, in this day and age, you th- I think of PlayStation games and stuff like that, and the graphics are as lifelike as they can get. Yeah, yeah, Roblox yeah. is a throwback. They're all squared... There's, it's just the basic, isn't it? And yet they're, they're dirty little Lego men. They're making fucking two billion. That's ridiculous. Unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. But that's because of the whole kind of the interesting thing to me. Uh, hang about. Should I do boring games developer voice whilst yeah. I'm saying something yeah, we I like know it. is going to be boring? And then you, you know like where it. to edit out, right? <laughs> you know, the monetization, the main monetization of Roblox is done by Roblox players, right? So they they make their own little games in Roblox, and they decide how that game's going to make money, and then Roblox just siphons the money away from those creators of the games. Like, oh. So there's all like all manner of outrageous monetization goes on in there that grown ups wouldn't put up with, but it's all played by kids, and the kids don't know better, so they're all like, oh, dad, can I have fifty? quid so i could get a pass in the squid game game and the parents are like oh i guess so because that means i don't have to look at it and then and then the kids <laughs> grow up thinking that these outrageous and like exploitative monetization techniques are absolutely fine and they're happy with them and that as those kids grow up to be teenagers playing proper video games i say proper but roblox is a proper game it's a, like an extraordinary and incredible achievement but when they go out and they start playing their their Xbox games and their PS5 games and their PS7 games in the future and Switch 5, whatever, they'll all be coming into it and they'll be thinking, oh, no, it's like it's perfectly normal to be charged outrageous. Oh, no, you banged your knee. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I got away with it. No, oh, even rugby hurt. players are not immune to tables. No, I wouldn't have hurt myself in Roblox, though, would I? No, your body would have fallen apart and you'd have reset and you'd have... You know, all you'd have needed is another 50 quid, get another pair of wings. Come on. (coughs) These wings are all right, but I could could do with some better ones. Talking about games, Peter, can we talk um, about a game with which you are intimately familiar? And that game was originally called, I believe, Zombie Nazi Army 4. Oh, I worked on that. I'm going to give you the blurb. (laughs) Do it in the voice of someone who's excited by the concept of the game. So they're reading it and they're like, oh, yeah, that's for me. Oh, yeah, that sounds great. The protagonists discover (laughs) that Hitler was not killed after the final battle in Germany, only being banished to hell rather than destroyed. Using his death cult, the maddened dictator using hell's own energy to build himself a new army, creating multiple weapons of mass devastation. To stop this threat, the survivors travel to hell itself, sabotaging the dead's war factories and recovering the saga what saga martha the saga martha relic from the trilogy to end the fuhrer once and for all fuck the fuhrer <laughs> fuck mine fuhrer mine fuhrer is a wanker yeah is that what it says on the back that's such a crazy blurb and no wonder you only sold four. Oh no we sold loads we sold loads oh my god you wouldn't <laughs> believe it oh you wouldn't believe what a fabulous success it was talk us through zombie nazi army four because i've got it up on my laptop here and the graphics look incredible Wow, that's very generous of you to say. Thank you very much. I mean, I didn't do the graphics myself, but thank you anyway. So this was at my last job. Um, So Zombie Nazi Army was a spin-off from a game called Sniper Elite. Sniper Elite is quite a... Uh, it's pretty classy, I would say. It's like a, quite a classy, quite a high... Mm, oh, I don't want to say highbrow because it's a video game, but it's like... It's a respectable game, right? It's a respectable <laughs> game. And then they were like, let's do a spin-off uh, and let's like ditch the respectable thing and just make it about trouncing a load of nazi zombies and like when you shoot them you get like uh like you get your big sniper rifle and you you shoot them in the face and then as your bullet reaches their face the whole game goes into slow-mo you get a cool like x-ray cam of the zombie's face as the bullet goes through and you see all the bones and the bits of like teeth dropping out and the brain burst and all that kind of you know the kind of stuff people want to see and it was a huge success people loved it and so they made a few more of them but then they noticed that they can't call it zombie nazi army anymore because they want to sell it in places where that's not cool so that's just called zombie army and then i worked on zombie nazi army 4 but it's really zombie army 4 and the thing i was doing on that was level design and my job was to get the zombie zoo ready for players so you go and you fight zombie nazis in a zombie zoo it's much the same you know you're bursting zombies faces open oh you can shoot the in the nuts and it will do the x-ray cam thing and you can see their little testicles getting burst by your sniping rifle bullet fucking hell (laughs) 
but it's quite fun because you can do it as a you could do it as a four player thing right so you can you'll all be like your four, little four like, play or four, four player play, four play exactly right burst them testicles it's four play that's a great warm-up to my sex life <laughs> the thing about four play is you gotta burst the testicles otherwise <laughs> you're not doing it right this is what i have learned in however many years of life i've lived anyway I don't know how much more depth you want me to go into. I've said the bursting testicles with a sniper rifle. I would like to know the countries, Peter, in which it's sold best and the countries which were less keen on zombie Nazi Army 4. They like it in America and they don't like it in Germany. (laughs) (laughs) I think you could have guessed that, though. If I'd have given you a minute, you'd have been like, I reckon I know. But it's it's really interesting because with Zombie Army 4, they gave the whole game away for free during lockdown. And you'd have thought that's a terrible idea because obviously it's a pay up front game but because of the do you know about dlc what is dlc downloadable content so you've got you've got your game right but you haven't finished yet because they're going to sell you more more of the game yeah when you get to the end of the game and it says mm, you want a bit more do you want a bit more it's only seven quid go on oh you'd love it oh, a few more levels of sniping a zombie so we gave the main game away for free and then because we got so many dlc levels for people to buy we were able to make it a huge financial success to have given it that entire game away for free. This is outrageous that this is the sort of thing that's possible, but well done to Rebellion Studios in Warwick, who made Zombie Army 4. Well done them, as well as a load of other more dignified games, but maybe... what what yeah. What's the best level? Are you going to say it's the Zombie Zoo? There's two that I worked on, and I don't want to boast, but when I looked at the data, and my two levels were the ones that people chose to go back and play the most. So there was Zombie Zoo, and then there was one which was set in Transylvania, where you go, like, you've, at this point, you've already killed Hitler. Hitler's cloned himself thousands of times, and you've <laughs> killed thousands of Hitler clones as well. Because, you know, you know how I was saying about how, with the Joe Marler podcast game, what you've got to think about is, who's the audience for this, and what do they actually want to do? With Zombie Nazi Army 4, the audience are people who want to shoot Hitler, and to make those people happy, you let them shoot Hitler a lot so at the end of the game, you shoot Hitler tons of times. He turns into thousands of Hitlers and you have to kill all of the different little Hitlers. They're all running around and they've all got like a fun voice. And anyway, my level came after that because it was one of the DLC levels and you go to Transylvania to Dracula's Castle. And then under <laughs> Dracula's Castle, there's a giant drill that you ride to the centre of the earth what? where you're going to, in the next level, meet some crazy giants. Some giants? It does steer slightly away from accurate historical records of World War Two, <laughs> <laughs> That we know about. Mate, I've I've been struggling. Struggling? Struggling. I've been struggling. I've been struggling. <laughs> I've been struggling to come up with an idea for Jasper's Christmas present. Yeah, but yeah. fuck it, eldest son can have Zombie Army 4. Just get um, in Minecraft. Just get in Minecraft and be like, it's better than Roblox. No, he can't He can't kill Hitler a thousand times. And <laughs> Are you serious? He's a big fan of killing Hitler. Uh, the reason I'm pushing Minecraft as the perfect game for children is, not only is it a fun game where you can basically play whatever game you want within the game of Minecraft, but you can learn really, really effective, like early level games development skills through minecraft so it's really really well documented online how to get your own like characters into minecraft how to build your own mods for minecraft how to make minecraft into a completely different game it's all there on the internet it's really accessible and learnable and so you could get your child on track to be a member of this 180 billion dollar industry early on by getting you into minecraft and yes you could also do that with roblox but roblox is rubbish don't like it but that's that's going to be part of the whole mobile games issue with kids where you give them you say yeah you can play this game on on my phone or whatever and next minute i've got a fucking 1500 quid bill because they've done in-app purchases after one after another one after another one after another and i'm like you motherfuckers you motherfucker game creators that know full well my kids are just gonna abuse this and then you just got 1500 quid out of me you bastards well, I personally have never made a game for kids with microtransactions in it. So I can't say for sure, but I would be surprised if that was an intentional thing that the people making it were doing on purpose. I would imagine they're thinking they want the kids to come to you and say, Dad, I need 50 quid worth of something in this game! And their well, strategy is the kid will get so annoying that eventually you'll do it. And it's a good strategy. Rather than they're going to rely on kids stealing the money from dad. Because I would get, I mean, that seems like quite a high risk 
business strategy to me. Like rely on there being obsessive kids and enough parents who haven't locked their bank details away that you can make your living off of that seems a bit bit ropey to me. He's very good. He's not quite as good as this one five-year-old in England that spent £1,700 in 10 minutes what? playing Zombies versus Ninjas. Zombies versus Ninjas. What is with it Zombies? Why, why is everyone obsessed with Zombies? Oh my God, do you want the real answer or do you want a silly answer? Both. I actually don't think I have a silly answer. Uh, let me think about the silly answer whilst I do the real answer. The real answer is that if you want to sell a game, you need to make sure that players look at it and go... I know what I'm getting from this game. I feel confident that it is worth my money. So when players see a zombie, they're like, oh, it's a zombie game. Yeah, I like zombie. I'm pretty confident I will enjoy this game because it's a zombie game. So they pay you for it. Whereas if you were to put something on that they'd never seen before, they'd be like, I don't really know whether I like that. So I don't think I'm going to get it. This is why zombies and Nazis and ninjas, everyone can sell them. It's really easy to sell a ninja. This episode is sponsored by the following fine individuals. Loose lips, sink ships, it's Sarah Jane Phipps. A need for rub speed. Not Gary Barlow, but James Barlow. He's not giving away his shot, it's Dan Shotton. The old Grant Bailey. Here's to you, Thomas Robinson. You can't see Jim Wood from the trees, the long arm of Alistair Blackclaws, the Pratt, Jonathan Pratt, and all is fair in love and war, it's Matthew Fairs. To be more like all of them, go to patreon.com forward slash Joe Marler Show, become an official sponsor and grow the show today. So um, I think all of us are probably down with the idea of killing a thousand Hitlers. All of us. But I don't even know, Joe, if there is an age limit on computer games. Yes. The BBFC, as in the same people who do the film classifications, also do video games. So your seven-year-old is not allowed to play Zombie Nazi Army, or at least he's not allowed to buy it because it's an 18 rated. But um, obviously, if you buy it and give it to him, then all bets are off. Are there any games out there that are X-rated then? Like, you know, there's films that <gasps> Oh, I wrote down or... an X-rated game fact. I did some research. Go on, hit me. Oh, so um, apparently Nintendo, in order to stop it from being distributed, they bought the rights to a video game called super horneo brothers so because it was someone was making super horneo brothers nintendo didn't like it and the only way they could get rid of it was to buy it so that they could stop it being sold to anyone <laughs> and then there was a porny version of tomb raider called womb raider what? <laughs> can i tell you a tomb raider fact yes please is it a womb raider or tomb raider fact oh i'm sorry it's a tomb raider one oh i'm so fuck. sorry you know would you want me to tell it anyway yes so tomb raider is a British product as well, or originally it was a British product, so it was made in Derby. And when the first Tomb Raider game came out, this was in a less enlightened time, right? So this was when it was absolutely fine for video games developers to say, oh, we've got a female character and she's got massive jugs and you can play as a character with huge boobs. And so all of the marketing were these high resolution renders of Lara Croft sort of swanning about the place in a very very tight top and showing off impractical unrealistically sized unrealistically shaped boobs but those all those promotional renders of Lara Croft looking hot were done by a dentist named Dave and he split my trousers at a wedding (laughs) what (laughs) he danced so hard against me with his bum that he split my trousers with his bum (laughs) Have you never had another man rip your trousers with his ass? Oh, many a time, actually. A dentist, though. No, not Dave the dentist. No, I've never, never had a Dave dentist the dentist. Dave. He probably wouldn't thank me for calling him a dentist. He's not a dentist anymore. He's an artist come designer, I think, these days. Based on that Tomb Raider fact, I've got a theory. I'm going to run it past you. Oh, lovely. Go on. Hit me right. with a theory. Video games based on films, right. quite shit. Films based on games, shitter. Discuss. Now... I have made a film of a video game. I wrote the musical adaptation of a text adventure game from 1983 called The Golden Wombat of Destiny. Can I just get the name of it again, please? The Golden Wombat of Destiny. (laughs) What's the best tune? Uh, The Tingle, which is about a woman who experiences a semi-sexual tingle from turning on a death ray. (laughs) 
I'm fucking hell. I don't. So what I you're saying know. is this sounds like the best video game adaptation as you, a film. I, you had me. You had me at one bat. <laughs> oh, oh, when I was a kid, right? This game was. It was one of those games where. It really left its mark on me. This is why I did this. Like many years later, I came back to him and was like, I'm going to make a musical adaptation of this because I feel like it was so good that it deserves more acknowledgement, right? It was one of those games that really, as a kid, struck you with like the magic of what a video game can be, right? So because it's a world where the world is a magical fantasy world, but it responds to what you're doing. That is a thing that you don't get from other stuff. You don't get it from books. You don't get it from films and things. And this was one of those games where the game itself doesn't do it any better than other games, but it's the one that got me when I was at an impressionable age. And the thing that always stayed with me as being the switch where that magic became most apparent was where you could find the wombat in the Golden Wombat of Destiny and you can type in, because it's a text adventure game. Do you know what those are? Do you remember those? Yeah, it's a little bit like... um... Duke Nukem, when he could go into a strip club and pay for a stripper. <laughs> That's a sex adventure game. This is a text oh. adventure game. <laughs> Sorry, my bad. I see what you've done there. Uh, no, but it's like, well, it's basically just writing and you type things in. Anyway, you could go up to this wombat and type in, smell wombat, was the thing you could type in. Smell wombat. And the game would reply, the wombat smells warm and wombatty. And I, that just stayed with me as being a thing that was the magic of video games and now i've been a video game developer for 16 years that would definitely stay with me that what that what the wombat smells warm and wombatty for fuck's sake in the grand scheme of things it's probably true a wombat would probably smell warm and wombatty but it was just the fact that you could you know if it was a cartoon you were watching about a wombat you'd never be able to find out you'd never be like how does that wombat smell you know you know if you're you've listened to it before so you've probably heard it before but You can get vanilla essence out of a beaver's butthole. And I'm just wondering what you could, what sort of essence you could get out of a wombat's butthole. Can I tell you what comes out of a wombat's butthole? Please, because you're going to. Square poos. That's true. Square poos. They poo squares. Is that an actual thing? They do square poos. Peter, can I ask you one more question before we leave this episode? (laughs) My, My question to you, Peter, is almost a philosophical one. Did I tell you my how did I find out about Joe Marler story yet? No. <laughs> Which would you like to do first? Ask me a sensible question or hear a stupid story. Do us your Joe Marler story. I'm a participant in an international pancake day pancake mask making competition that is run by other video games industry people and the guy who runs it was always like He'd like write little stories about the build up to the experience. And he'll be always cast Joe Marler as a character. And I was like, who's this Joe Marler person? I've never even heard of this Joe Marler person. Because as you can imagine, being a video games developer, sport has not figured strongly in my life. And so I, that's how I looked him I looked him up and I like uh, very boringly. I was actually very impressed by the whole mental health advocacy thing and was like, that's really incredible. What an extraordinarily brilliant thing for a person in this position to be doing. This is absolutely amazing and then i was listening to the podcast and like i'd like to be a tree surgeon what's a tree surgeon oh it's too butch can't do that etc we've heard we've done that bit haven't we (laughs) (laughs) i don't know i don't know have we i'm fucking (laughs) you you have completely and utterly fucking bamboozled me did you know that video games players solved the crystalline structure of aids in three weeks after it had been unsolved for 15 years by using the video game fold it I don't actually necessarily know what the crystalline structure of AIDS gives us, but presumably some sort of helpful medical advance. What the fuck, Steve? <laughs> hell! Do you want to know what game sold the most copies ever of all time? Yes. Have a guess, because it's one you've heard of. FIFA. It's Tetris. Oh, 500 million copies of Tetris sold. 500 million? Followed by, friend of the podcast, Minecraft, at 238 million. Followed by... Grand Theft Auto 5, 150 million. British product. So yet another British success story. Is that made by Rockstar? Uh, Yeah. Made by Rockstar for only £265 million it cost them to do that. But it has subsequently raked in more money than any film has ever made. So probably did all right. It's raked in more money than than any any film film has ever made. That's fucking bonkers. That's insane. Isn't it impressive, right? Isn't really it impressive? impressive? It's no wonder they haven't put GTA 6 out for a while, because they're like, we don't need to. This one's making more money than we can possibly spend. 
<laughs> Except I assume they'd do it in a Scottish accent, but I haven't got one of those. I've got Yorkshire and I've got Cockney. Uh, Peter Joe's about need to. to. It's making more money than we could possibly <laughs> spend. Peter, because Joe is dying, it falls to me to thank you for coming on the Joe Minor show. He and... has fucked us. <laughs> yeah. He's fucking single handedly, absolutely stumped us. <laughs> oh, hang about. Wrong end. Wrong end. I've no. I, I've got nothing. I've got nothing. Wait, 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 wait. We can do the other way. I'll be honest, Peter, that sounds a lot like the other way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's exactly the same, but the other way, right? So, like, this is the first way. Oh, my goodness, come on. Pete, I'm going to say goodbye and you're probably not going to leave. I mean, you can literally, you're just going to hang up, so it's fine. Don't you worry about it. I've got a harmonica, I'll be fine. I'm going to sit around. <laughs> All right, have a lovely guest. evening. Thank we you for talking to, to me. <laughs> Lots of love. Bye. bye, see you, bye. Love you, see you, bye. Bye, see you, bye. Lots of love, you're still there. Have you hung up yet? Bye. Lots of love. Peter has absolutely blown us out of the water because he was another level of <laughs> fuck knows what. He was zombie hospital level. He was incredible. His energy was everywhere and he was coming out with I don't know what he was coming out with I can't tell you whether that episode was actually about video games or not because it was just fucking carnage <laughs> I know this he was fantastic I know this I know that. let it be said why are you talking like that now because you've gone biblical let it be said let it be said he shall not be banished and he is a deserved member of the Joe Marler show guest list he was great I really enjoyed him. I don't know whether the listeners will get anything about video gaming from it. I mean, there was a fair, in fact, no, there was a fair amount in there. It's nuggets. But hopefully they have a lot of fun, because I had a lot of fun with him. He was great. Well, if you enjoyed that as much as Joe and you'd like to support the show, you can now subscribe on Apple, Spotify and Patreon. Search for Joe Marler Show. If you would like another podcast to listen to before our next episode, let me recommend The Secret History of Flight 149. Now, this is the story of ordinary passengers on a trip from London to Malaysia who were taken hostage, Joe, by Saddam Hussein when they stopped to refuel in Kuwait. It is an incredible story of undercover operations, cover-ups, human shields and a 30-year fight for the truth. You have to listen to it to believe their stories. Search for Secret History of Flight 149 in your podcast app now. Dare I ask, but who is on the show next week? I haven't got a fucking clue <laughs> what my name is. Brilliant. Let alone who our next guest is. Goodbye. Crowd Network. A place where you belong. Podcast Network.